So did you ever watch the Sweet Valley High TV show? No. Okay. Because Cordy's boyfriend in the first episode we watched was Todd. Did you read the Sweet Valley books? I read, like, two of them. Okay. So, like, the good twin, the, like, not slutty yeah, one. Yeah, I, I did know that there, one was salacious. And yeah, one so was, that's Jessica. Yeah, okay. But then there was, like, Elizabeth, who was, like, the straight arrow, who did journalism and had a steady boyfriend, who was Todd, who in the books was, like, I was in love with Todd as a child. And then <laughs> in the TV show, he became, like, this big dumb jock, which um. maybe he always was, or, and so maybe it was just, like, growing up, that whatever. But anyways – Cordy's boyfriend in this was Todd. And so I spent like five minutes being like, what was it about Todd? What yeah. happened to him? Yeah. And then in this, a bunch happens to him. A lot happens to him. Wow. He gets assaulted. Yeah. He gets battered and assaulted. He does. With a baseball bat. In the locker room. I'm telling you, the locker room is the worst it's the place. Worst. It's so bad. Stay away. Yeah. Um, Marcy Ross. Yeah. Right? That's, that's that the is, that. She's yeah. the bad bad guy. But is she really? Yes. Isn't society the bad guy? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. No? I mean, society <laughs> is not great, but she tried to kill her teacher. That well, – Yeah. And tried to maim Cordelia. That was actually really scary, I thought. Okay. By the end of the episode, she's definitely a bad guy. But when she first went invisible and nobody noticed, including her parents, apparently. Yeah, no one noticed. That's really – that's just sad. It is. Right? That part is sad. And and when I was thinking about how, like, she packed up all of her stuff and was, like, nesting in that yeah. upstairs of the band room <laughs> for months, apparently. Yeah, that was her life. Okay, you're right. She's, she's definitely the bad guy. But I – feel like in those flashbacks when you see her trying to connect with Cordelia so earnestly and sweetly. Uh, see, there it made me – maybe I was reading too much of it like myself because uh-huh. I was like – I was seeing myself back then and so I was angry at her. Uh-huh. I was like, stop trying. Yeah, there is a part of that. Like right. that strategy of pretending like Cordelia is going to treat you nicely this time. There, It reminded me of that um, – because you were talking about Veronica Mars. Yes. That episode of Veronica Mars where she takes the girl that like is stepped on all the time and she's like, do you want respect? Then demand it. Yeah. And I was like – I was like, Veronica should step in. Yeah. There is Marcy. no Veronica. But no. that there's Buffy now. Yeah. I don't – if Buffy was in that girl's bathroom, I think she would – try to shut down Cordelia and fail because Cordelia always has the upper hand. Yeah. But I think Buffy would have seen her. I I think Buffy would have seen her. Yeah. In a way that Willow and Xander didn't. Right. Well, because it's Buffy's duty to protect the innocent. Yes. And and I think it's something that both is her duty and comes fairly natural to yeah. her. Yeah. She's naturally a hero as well. Yeah. That's why we love her. And that's why we love her. Welcome to the... <laughs> we happy, guys. Yeah. Just prepare. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the... F- uh, fifth? Sixth. Sixth episode. <laughs> yeah. No. Sixth. Sixth episode of Hellmouthy. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Kelly Nugent. And I'm the other one, Ryan Mogi. The other one. <laughs> oh, God. That's very Marcy Ross of Yeah. Um, okay, guys. Uh, this, uh, Is I this why you stood up for her so much? Because <laughs> I was Marcy. No, I don't think I was. I mean... Oh, if I was, I thought I had friends. So if I was Marcy Ross, 
that means that I was deluding myself yeah. into thinking like that. I mean, I never literally went in there. Okay, here's the other thing about me that's very different than Marcy Rice. <laughs> the biggest difference is when I was in class, I was one of those people who always had their hand up, mm-hmm. and I would get called on. But then the teachers, like if I was the only person who had their hand up, the teacher would say anyone else. Uh, Some teachers would even say, "Okay, uh, anyone other than Ryan have something to say?" Oh, yeah. So the teachers never ignored me. No, I mean they would ignore me because I had already spoken five times in that class. But I was of the mind: if I have a thing to say, say it. If I know an answer, what am I? Why am I not answering? Wow. (laughs) So it was. And I'm sure there were people in the class who thought I was Tracy Flickish in that way. I, I probably would not have liked that. I'm sure. I'm because, sure there were people rolling their eyes at me. Well, I was like one of those kids that never participated mm. until if someone I – this is so vindictive. If someone that I didn't like raised their hand uh-huh. and answered a question and it was like one of those – like, how are you interpreting this English mm-hmm. essay? Or how are you, like, a doll's house? How are yeah. you inter- interpreting <laughs> What this? is Ibsen trying yeah. to say? Um, and if they, like, gave some dumbass answer, like, I would – I don't know why, but I would just, like, raise my hand and just be like, no, you're wrong. And you say, um, actually that- – Okay, yeah, that's actually exactly. I would be like, um, actually, if you really read the text, um, oh my god, like, it was really fucked up. <laughs> I was kind of psychotic. So yeah, we would have been a little bit like oil in the water. I think <laughs> I would hope that you wouldn't have hated me before I started talking. But I, if you were, if a person didn't like hearing another student talk all the time, they wouldn't like me in class. Oh, I think because I was, would have been fine. You were pervasive. I was pervasive. I was everywhere. And, <laughs> you were and like almost, Kudzu. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't escape me. And like every – there wasn't even a class where you could feel, oh, Ryan's really quiet in this class. Mm-mm. Really? Because I really felt like if there, if I knew the answer, I'm going to raise my hand. And definitely – and this was the evolution of that, especially by the time I got to college. If anyone – if there was ever a time where the teacher would ask a question or a professor would ask a question and there would be like 10 seconds of no hands – it felt like it was my job to raise my Yeah, hand. you had to. I would never leave them hanging. You are Willow. Yeah. I'm like a yeah. more obnoxious Willow, for sure. I don't think you're obnoxious. <laughs> you're very sweet. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so out of mind, out of sight. Yes. Um, we open on Cordy and Harmony. So glad mm-hmm. to see Harmony back. I know. I really like her. Um, and she gets a name in this episode. Yes, she does. So. And we already get what she, she's about. She's very dumb. She's very sweet and she's very dumb. She's dumb and she really wants Cordelia to approve of her. Yes. She really wants support. Yes. I mean, I guess she's not sweet to anyone else but Cordy. But I, I mean, she's nice enough to her friends, right? Yeah. Like, she's nice enough. Yeah. Um, and it, already it's like it's pretty – it's sad because like Buffy – Comes out literally with her baggage. Like yeah. she's got her bag of <laughs> stakes <laughs> and weapons and shit. And it and it's it it's juxtaposed so sharply mm-hmm. against Cordelia and her friends who are like talking about the dance and like yeah. what they're gonna uh, this, that, and whatever. And Buffy literally falls down in front of them yep. with her weapons. <laughs> <laughs> and then they make fun of her for it. Sure, but like, there's a part of you that, of course, you would. Well, yeah, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing with all <laughs> what those is happening? <laughs> is everything okay at home?" Like, yeah, really, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. Though I will say, before she falls, I think that Buffy had her hair did between the last episode and this episode. 
Yeah, she, she has was, like, like more fresh highlights and too. highlights, and like her bangs were on point. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was like I get puffy bangs. Sure, you think? Yeah, are they back? Like the really puffy, the really ones? puffy and kind of wispy, but like curled. Um. <laughs> notes because I felt like someone needed to tell me no. Oh. Um, we can ask our listeners to Photoshop <laughs> you with, <laughs> with Buffy Bangs. Try okay. it. Try it before you buy. You're right. You're right. I gotta try Photoshop first. Um, <laughs> but it is. It's rare that we see Buffy by herself so much. Like she, yeah. And, and she's kind of, she feels a lot of loneliness in this episode. Definitely. Um, and then when Xander and Willow come over to her, they make her feel even more alone. Yeah. And Willow's holding a squeeze it. I didn't see that. <laughs> That's really cool. I, I didn't see that. That's so cool. Uh, but no, and they're because they're talking about things that they remember from kindergarten. Yeah. That but if you can't. And that's such a recognizable moment. Yes. I've been there. Of course. Yeah. And you you're not even mad at your friends because if you remembered, you would be laughing about it too. Yeah. But there's nothing to do but stand there, I guess. She, Go get a drink. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm getting to the next round, guys. <laughs> Finish this up before I get back. Oh, my God. Well, you can't do that because they're, they're at school and not school. at the bronze. <laughs> You're right. They're not at the bronze. She can't get them sodas. Um, oh, and then it cuts straight to, if you prick us, do we not bleed? Which is a little <laughs> heavy-handed. It is. And it's so – I feel like in, in TV shows, they always pull – especially English classes. They always pull these – these famous quotes that are supposed to really like affect, reflect upon the events of the episode. Yeah, and in this one, I feel like it was it was one of the more effective effective uses of literature in that way. I thought so. Yeah, they introduced something that if you know anything about Merchant of Venice and mm-hmm. what's surrounding it, you do kind of see a connection between Marcy and Shylock, mm-hmm. um, and you can also see how Buffy would relate to that. Um, and then we have Cordelia talking about how it's Shylock's own fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he needs to suck it up. Yeah. It's not that hard to be a Jew in Venice, apparently. I think – well, and also it's – um, I feel like Cordelia – this is kind of jumping to spoiler zone, but I'm not going to spoil anything specifically. Okay. But I think Cord- if we look at it in the – through Cordelia's lens, which mm-hmm. is like um, – oh, poor me. Yeah. You, you know, all this respo- – you know – Cordelia could be the stand-in for the audience in, like, the later seasons of Buffy, Mm -hmm. where there are some people, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not us. We love Buffy. We love Buffy. All the way through it. But there are people that are like, oh, she's complaining about, I don't having gone through so many, like, horrific things. Um, Well, and it's, I think it's awfully easy for Cordelia to not understand an outsider perspective because... Because of her beauty and her attitude and a lot of the things that come naturally to her, she was born to be popular and yeah. queen bee. So I don't know that she, at this point in her life, has any reason to have context for that. Because no. being cool, having a bunch of minions was something that happened for her. Yeah. And she does articulate that, I mean, through her own experience – She's, you know, she does feel lonely even mm-hmm. when she's surrounded by people, but it's better than feeling lonely alone. Yeah. And I think that that's true also from Marcy's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Although, okay, her, like when she's talking about like, uh, like, you know, poor, it's basically like a poor little rich girl sort of yeah. thing. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Did you laugh at our Cordy? No, no. It, so her like things, you know, saying that she's, everyone is just like a yes man basically mm-hmm. and they don't actually like her. The other day uh-huh. I was hanging out with my friend and um, we were listening <laughs> to Britney Spears' Lucky. Okay. And I mean, she cries, cries, cries in her little yes, heart. Yes, yes. And um, my friend was like, oh, my God, I could write such a good, like, fanfic about this <laughs> song. And I was like, I guarantee you there is a fanfic about this song. Oh, my God. And so I looked it up, and there are two <gasps> on um, Archive of Our Own. Okay. There are two, and one of them is exactly Cordelia's, like, <gasps> rant. It's like – I'm just surrounded by all these yes men. I'm alone even when I'm surrounded by people. Oh, like it sucks to be so popular. And so I just couldn't stop thinking of that fanfic. I don't know, guys. Check it out. Yeah, we might have to like link it in the show notes or something. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Pretty weird. but I mean, is it less than 5,000 words? Because I would read it. I'm not willing to do like a – I'm not willing to sit down. Yeah, I'm not willing to do a novella of this. Um, uh, I didn't read the whole thing. I okay. started reading like you skimmed for the sex parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even. I don't remember what it was rated, but I just remember. I just skimmed it, but I'm sure it's not that long. How long could it be? Yeah. How much can you talk about a Britney Spears song? Exactly. Forever. <laughs> um, no, I I do think that in some ways it is a um a trite kind of story that she's telling but i also think it's true to who who cordelia is at this point in in the story and i think it's also her trying to be honest and vulnerable with buffy i think she is she's i i don't doubt her intentions there Mm -hmm. um and also like the struggles that buffy um and to a greater extent marcy have dealt with as far as like being social outcasts. Yeah. Um, those are all unknown unknowns to Cordelia. Right. So she, like, that could very well be, like, a, the most heartbreaking thing for her mm-hmm. to feel lonely like that. So I, I don't doubt her, the, like, je- the authenticity of her feelings. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think that if in my uh, fanfic I'm going to start writing right now is verbally, <laughs> verbally write, whatever. Um, I feel like in an alternate universe where Buffy wasn't the Slayer, mm-hmm. I think she and Cordelia could have like a Betty and Veronica best friendship. Yeah. Like they would be best friends slash rivals who can be like honest with each other and real with each other, but at the same time fight over boys all the time. Like I think that in some ways they – it's almost like a tragedy – that Cordelia didn't get a slayerless Buffy in her life. Yeah. Because I think they could be friends. I think they could. And I think they, I think that Cordelia at least would be mm-hmm. better for it. Yes. Um, I, I, I mean, at least at the end of this episode, we do see that, uh, they start to, res- they respect each other more. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely a change in how Cordelia treats them and how she sees them. I think she, she, yeah, she does value Buffy. Yeah. In a fresh way. I mean, and you realize that she has always, Mm-hmm. Um, when she she goes to Buffy to have her <laughs> to help her, I know. And she says, "I thought you were in a gang." I really, <laughs> I loved that line. I also loved that she was like, um, "Oh God, what does she say?" We've never really been friends. What with you being so weird and all, yeah. 
Something like that. Um, Oh, speaking of great lines. Yes. Principal Snyder has some great lines. Oh, my God. (laughs) Principal Snyder is giving me life. It's so sad because I I liked Flutie. Like, I did. Yeah. But I'm so glad Snyder is here. Yeah. I mean, he's so funny. He's so funny. When he – his first line is, what are you, dead? What are you, ghouls? (laughs) Ghouls? I love that he called them ghouls. Oh, my gosh. And he's so trying to be on top of the things in his school. But FBI agents were hanging out all day and he did nothing. Yeah. (laughs) He's just – Those, like, men in black. Yeah. We're hanging out at the announcement of the May Queen. Yeah. Which happens in the quad mm-hmm. in the middle of the day. Yeah. Not while she's wearing her dress. No. I've never – I mean, it's a television show. There was reasons. But it, it's like I've never heard of a dance queen because that's what it is, right? It's like home Yeah, you're property. announced at the dance. Right. In your dress. And then you have like your first dance as yeah. Though royalty. I, oh, my God. I loved the moment when Snyder announces the winner and Cordelia's already on stage. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was she was born to be May Queen. I'm yes. okay. I'm confused about the names of their dances. Be- that, so May May Queen is for spring. Well, spring dance, spring fling, spring fling. Didn't they say spring fling? Did I make yes? That up? I, okay, I think they did say. It. I think they say spring fling. It's weird that there's two dances in two weeks. Yeah, that <laughs> and then prom. Yeah, well, but then they don't even call it prom. They call it. At one point, don't they say the word prom? Um, the uh, Joyce says okay. prom or whatever it you is you, it. you kids are calling it these days. So wait, is it – maybe that's what spring fling. Maybe I'm confused. Maybe it's – You know what? They never had the dance. Did they cancel the dance? No. Like it was – so they were announcing the queen, right? Uh-huh. The dance didn't happen. They had the coronation. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that between – and I'm getting a little bit into the next episode, but we'll come back to Tabitha. <laughs> so between the coronation – Mm-hmm. And the and the day of the dance, mm-hmm. Cordy has gotten over her beat up boyfriend. Yeah, found a new boyfriend and yeah. started being very serious with him and I being in love think with him. So I kind of for a second thought it was the same guy. So I'm glad that you cleared that up because I wasn't <laughs> it, sure. Honestly, guys, it should have been the same guy. There's yeah. no reason why it wasn't the same guy because he didn't do enough in the last episode that anything would be different. Like, yeah, we I, didn't need anything from him. Like. But whatever, it's fine. I don't even. Feel, I feel like the guy in this ne- in the next episode only had two lines. Yeah, he was. I'm, I'm not a snake with you or something. Oh god. Oh no, he says usually I'm mean as a snake. Yeah, usually I'm mean as a snake. Okay, but that's next I did episode. Did not understand that line. Um, we haven't talked about any faction. I think yet. Okay. And there's a couple moments. Um, there's one item in particular, and I wonder if we have the same one. In mind. Uh, from Maybe out not. of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Oh, uh, the blue top. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I drew a picture of it in case you weren't going to remember it. It's a little tunic yeah, yeah. with a V yeah, all, the all the way up. up. So her belly is showing in yeah. a tunic. Yeah. And tunics were just back in style yeah. recently, and I didn't see anything like that. No. I think that's a revolutionary piece. Yeah. I, I don't know even what to think about it. I don't know. I I <laughs> – because it had sleeves. Yeah, it had sleeves. And it it was weirdly, like, structured. Mm-hmm. Like, it was made of, like, silk duponi or something. Yeah, but it was, like, open and flowy, which was weird. Yeah. Like, it had that cut. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it, but she wore it. She wore it. She wore it with flair. I don't know. We're, we might have to put a poll up. <laughs> like, yes or no, 
Buffy's blue tunic. I feel like if I vote every day, I'll have a different answer each day. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was notable. That was the biggest thing I felt about it. Like, I can't yes. ignore this. I mean, it's not for me. No, it's not for me either. Though I did, I do remember when I was like, I don't know, 13 or 14, I read an article in YM and it was like, <laughs> how to wear a top in a slimming way. And it was like, you, when you have a button down shirt, you don't button right down from like the bust yeah. down because it makes an upside down V yeah. and that is slimming. Yeah, because it so, makes like an hourglass. So I used to do that all the time and it really doesn't make that. Like, <laughs> It doesn't – no one's going to be confused about what ha- is happening <laughs> under your shirt. <laughs> it's like – it doesn't work. Uh, but I believed it for a long time. Um, she um, also wears a neck scarf. A lot. And a it's lot. tight. It's like a choker one. Yeah. And I thought she was going to – I mean, again, I have seen this episode a lot of times, but I don't remember all the details. So when she uses her slayer senses to find the invisible person, yeah. I thought she was going to take it off and use it as a blindfold. And then I was like, okay. It's not yeah. a weird choice. But no, it's just a weird choice. Yeah, she hasn't been bitten recently. No. She's just She's about to be bitten. Spoilers. <laughs> for, for like 20 minutes in the future. <laughs> we haven't even gotten there. But no, you're right. She's about to be bitten. She does say you're a thundering loony. I loved that line. You're a thundering loony. And so, okay, so that part. Um, mm-hmm. So Marcy turns out hates Cordelia. Yeah. Because Cordelia has been a bitch to her forever. Cordelia has yes. been a bitch to everyone. So I don't think Marcy should feel special. Okay, but Cordelia made her turn invisible. That's true. I mean, Cordelia – no, Cordelia didn't make her turn invisible. Cordelia acted in a way and mm-hmm. then she became invisible. I think I might be team Cordelia here. You might be. I think it's weird it took five months for Marcy to start hurting people. You thought it would have been immediate? I think it would have been faster. Or, like, you would do cool invisible things. Yeah. Instead, she just plays flute. <laughs> she just plays flute alone in the high school. Like, there's nowhere. What? This is her fault. This is why. Yeah, if, Marcy's the worst. If you become invisible and the coolest thing you can think to do is step one, <laughs> play flute alone in the band room. And mm-hmm. then step two, hard turn to murder. <laughs> okay, also, and not to, okay, Clay Duvall is great in this show. In this show, like, it's wonderful. But. This is just a character note, and I'm not even criticizing the writing. I just think this is another reason Marcy is not that great. If no one likes you and yeah. acknowledges you, why are you asking everyone to send your yearbook? <laughs> like, you're asking for so much rejection. <laughs> so, hold on. Okay. I feel like you kind of did a 180 thing. Because first you're defending her, but now you think she shouldn't have even asked anyone to sign no. her yearbook. I think you should know your place. And if your place is nobody knows who you are, like, maybe don't even order your book. Your books are expensive. <laughs> don't order your book. No. Oh, my God. Um, No, she shouldn't have murdered anyone. I mean, she didn't murder anyone. She just attacked a bunch of people. She I tried think she to did murder. try to kill the teacher. She did. And then Cordelia saved the teacher. I actually misremembered the episode and was worried that she had killed the teacher. Yeah. No, the teacher's fine, but it is a, another time where a teacher who shows interest in a student and is actually engaged dies or almost it's dies. It's not good to be a good teacher. No. If you're a shitty teacher who just says random quotes from Shakespeare at the beginning of a scene and then doesn't do anything the rest of the scene, you're golden. Yeah. <laughs> you're never going to get killed. But if you get invested in these kids, watch out. Watch out. Um, um, what does happen is we get our first encounter between Giles and Angel. That's right. And Giles is unnerved. Yeah, he's very nervous around um, around Angel, as he should be, I think, because Angel is an anomaly. He's mm-hmm. and he's tasked with protecting the Slayer, and yeah. 
Angel presents not a threat to Buffy, but like is a wild card towards Buffy in a yeah. couple different ways, both the love interest and then also like just being a good vampire. Yes. I think I think if – and I know I always want to talk about this. But if Angel mm-hmm. was just a 24-year-old guy who was dating yeah. Buffy, I think Giles would be just – he would probably be more angry, but he would be just as wary. Yeah. Like he is – yeah, he's both a danger to Buffy's heart and to her um, life. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would be like – I think he would be angry if he were a human mm-hmm. because he'd be like, you should not be around a high school girl. Um, okay. But what if he was a 19-year-old human? I think he would just be like, Buffy gets to make her own decisions. I don't like it. Yeah, probably. Luckily, Buffy doesn't like that many humans. So it doesn't no, she doesn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, I love that. I liked seeing that shade of Giles because we really haven't seen it before. When he's – because we've seen him scared or or angry, but I don't think we've ever seen him nervous before. No. Like, he was really kind of shaken. Yeah. But he um, was trying to maintain his cool as Oh, well. absolutely. He didn't want Angel to know that about him. No. Um, and he does accept help from Angel. Yeah. he's And he's actually surprisingly thrilled. Yeah. Like, he's, he's really excited. <laughs> he doesn't know he's about to get a prophecy that's going to destroy his day. Yeah. But his day. <laughs> well, it gets better by the, by the next day. <laughs> Spoiler alert, <laughs> the season doesn't end with Buffy dead and Giles crying. That's true. This oh. season, at least. Bum, bum, bum. bum. Um, okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so Marcy keeps, like, sending messages, right? Mm-hmm. Look, listen, learn, learn, I guess. Yeah. And then, don't you know, you're not the student. You're I the am. example. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually I thought was kind of scary though, how she like gets out the mm-hmm. um, medical equipment. Yeah, the scalpel and everything. That was creepy. And and actually and slicing Cordelia's yeah. face was was very unnerving. It was weird and I don't feel like they explained it. Maybe there just isn't an explanation. She seemed stronger than a human girl. Yeah, I didn't get that. Because when she punched Buffy. Yeah. And we didn't <laughs> see a bunch of weights up in the attic. That would have been awesome. <laughs> All she does is play flute, flute and, and lift. <laughs> that would have been so great. Or like a Krav Maga book and she just has it open. <laughs> oh, my God. And there's like – as Buffy picks up the yearbook, there's just like insanity with Sean T under there. <laughs> and she's put Cordelia's face on like a kettlebell. <laughs> so I don't know why she's super strong. I don't know either. Um – I do think it's funny, and maybe not funny, but it's. I like that we see the guys in suits earlier. Yeah, like they're just like lurking. They're just lurking yeah. around. I do think it's weird that they don't come into the gym earlier or into the yeah, the gym. The, where are they? The auditorium. Auditorium. Where they're sitting on the stage. Right. Sorry. <laughs> you do, I was I, like, were, were they at the bronze? They weren't at the bronze. <laughs> no, they were they're at, at school. school. They're so at like school. these guys are there to stop. Yeah. The thing from happening that is happening or to, like, collect the person. Yeah. But they don't come in until she's already – like, do you, were they waiting for her to be captured? Oh, maybe. Like, they wanted Buffy to do the heavy lifting. Because Cordelia could have gotten her face all cut up in the meantime. I know. I know. Um, I did been... like those guys, though. I, I liked them, too. Like One I... of them looked like William Willem Dafoe. Yeah, you totally. The one on the right. Yes. <laughs> the, like, taller one. Yeah. Uh, but I liked their, like, mixture of, like – politeness and lack of giving a fuck about anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. And Marcy gets to become a 
an assassin. Uh-huh. Oh, and Harmony gets pushed down the stairs. Harmony did get pushed down the stairs, or at least her stunt double did. Yeah. <laughs> I did like at the moment when Cordelia was like, um, she just fell. <laughs> like, yeah. Cordelia, let the girl talk. Mm-hmm. She's conscious. Mm-hmm. She might know better. But um, no. And then when she's like, ow, and he and Snyder's like, don't sue. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like his afraid his fear of litigation. I do. Yes, like that. I like that. Will Willow and Xander like stoke that in him. Yes, yeah. Um, Xander's kind of found his role. Yes, and mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed him being like, I'm going to go do research. Yeah, research boy. Uh huh. And then he actually has a helpful thing to say about re- that he learned about invisible people. Yeah, it was it was cool. I no, liked that. I'm having a renaissance on Xander. Me too. These two episodes, I was I, yes, I'm into it. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not excusing anything else he's done. I don't look. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But Xander in these two episodes is a good dude you want to have around. Yeah. He's redeemed himself somewhat to me. Totally. So, yeah. So I was reading about how this uh, story, like, was originated in the writer's room. And apparently it started with Joss Whedon had a very vivid dream about Mm -hmm. going invisible. So, you know, we have that one scene where Marcy is, like, looking at her hand and it goes invisible. So apparently that's right out of a dream of Joss Whedon's. Oh, cool. So now we've all kind of been in Joss Whedon's dreams (laughs) by watching this. Perfect. (laughs) We're perpetuating it. That's Um, cool. Um, how everyone writes, have a nice summer. I remember, um, at my school, we, we did have a great summer. So we were all willows. Like if Mm -hmm. you didn't have anything to say to someone, you just wrote, have a great summer or hags. Yeah. That was was like a pretty big dismissive thing. I think I always would write, it was so fun to have this, if I didn't know anything else about you, I'd be like, Mm -hmm. it was so fun to have bio class with you or like, don't get rid of that purple shirt you have or whatever. Oh, interesting. I would try to write a, like an interesting detail. Did you do this thing? And I don't know if this was normal. I mean, we'll, we'll I'll find out. Um, my friends and I used to do – get each other full pages. Full pages, pages and you yeah. decorate the page. And you decorate it. So like you would like pass it off. So like I did some really great yeah, collage work too. that I'm never going to see again. Yeah. Because I don't talk to those girls anymore. Me, me neither. And it's so, and, and you would tape them into your yearbook so that mm-hmm. other people could see. Oh, like, of course. And if you had a lot of those pages, like you were really cool. Yeah. If you had to like find space for people. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I don't know where I'll put you. Yeah. I sometimes would have people – Signed by their picture, but that was, like, if I didn't expect Whoa. anything else from them. Whoa. Not on their picture, but, like, on that page. Really? If there was no room in the no- – my big page – got to give pages to my I don't girls. think I ever had that full of a yearbook. So you were probably <laughs> one step above me Okay, well, true story. My senior year, I didn't buy a yearbook for Marcy reasons because – Wait, what? You were afraid that nobody would have anything well, to say to you? I had this thing where all of my friends stopped talking to me my senior year of Why? Um, there were a lot of reasons, but I think it was mainly I wasn't on field hockey anymore. And oh. so I was like feeling really left out. So I, okay, I don't really know if they all got together and decided to stop talking to me. I know that I wrote one of them like a passive aggressive note that was like, um, it feels like you guys don't even talk to me anymore. Oh I don't know what's God. up. Like, let's figure this out. Yeah. And then that was her cue to literally like, I thought she wasn't talking to me, but no. I didn't know what it was like to have her pretend oh that she didn't know me. So she completely froze me out. Like, she was one of my best friends and, like, didn't talk to me again until the spring when we were on another team together. And our coach made us talk to each other. And she was like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, we went to the Starbucks and it was the worst. And we were sitting oh, across each other. And she's like, I know that coach wanted us to do this, but, like, I don't know why. We're not friends. We're never going to be friends. We used to be friends. So 
we'll be on the field together. That's fine. But we don't have to be friends. Why? What? I don't know. They could have really valid – this is like deep shit. Yeah. They could have like really valid reasons. I've never heard them. Wow. So I don't know. So it's like a weird question mark. But anyway, so my senior year – and it was also weird because I was in such a clique the first three years of high school. Mm. So I think a lot of people also just thought I was still in that clique. So yeah. I kind of wasn't – maybe that's why I feel for Marcy because it was a weird thing where I think most people thought I had friends. Yeah. So like no one picked with me or like called me names or whatever. But I didn't have anyone to sit with at lunch. And I didn't oh. get a yearbook partially because partially I didn't want to face that it was going to be empty. Yeah. Or have the like – you know, have no one want to do a page or what? You know, those yeah, things. Yeah, Those things yeah. that, like, in previous years, oh, my God, they're so fun. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want a, a book full of have a great summers. Yeah. Plus, it was, like, 70 bucks or whatever. They're expensive. <laughs> like, they're I, really I'll expensive. pass. Yeah. I'm out. So, yeah. yeah. So, maybe that's why I feel for Mercy. Because I did feel invisible. I mean, I don't think I would have fully disappeared. <laughs> Probably <laughs> if that, not. If that kind of physics exists. But, like... Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. And it was like I sort of wish that it had been – like that I had done something super badass, like fucked one of their boyfriends. Yeah, like that there's like a, <laughs> a pinpoint Yeah, exactly. Thing. Like if there – but instead it was just like, no, these people just decided they didn't want to be friends with you anymore. It's like, oh, well. It, that kind of thing though does – and it even happens like as adults. Like I've yeah. seen that happen I, – I saw that happen to friends as an adult and that was Yeah. Well, and I think shocking. some ways – it's easier – if the rift has happened, I think it's easier in some ways to just pick a side and just roll with it. And if one side has all your friends except one person and the other side has just that one person, I like intellectually understand why you would keep hanging out with the clique yeah. rather than the lonely girl who's sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> then I got really sad. So yeah. I wasn't even fun anymore. No, I was – I could have had so much fun. <laughs> no, but anyway, so – I think that I do emphasize empathize with uh, Marcy's that feeling of like, hey guys, and like, yeah. no, just yeah. no interest. It's like okay. I would say that what puts you differently from Marcy uh-huh. is that at no point was Marcy ever friends. That's with true. Cordelia, she has Hummy. no reason to think that they will be nice to her, but she tries anyway. Yeah, I mean they are being crazy bitchy, but yeah, she should have given up on them. Yeah, I mean, and I also never got revenge on these girls. You didn't try to kill them. No. Or cut their faces. No, I mean, I guess I'm talking shit about them on a podcast. <laughs> so words <laughs> cut deeper. No, honestly, I wish them all the best. And maybe they had good reasons. Like maybe I really did annoy one. Like, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I think I'm a good person. But like maybe I did something that I just don't know about. I don't know. That kind of or stuff something. is so weird. It, it is so weird. so weird. And it's so long ago now. Like, like I said. I mean, it made me have the experience of being an outsider, yeah. which maybe I wouldn't have gotten. It was a growth experience. I think it's. I think that kind of stuff does make you stronger. Yeah, and more interesting too. Yeah, I mean, I might not even be doing a podcast. No, you, you probably wouldn't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> I would just be not in LA and happy somewhere else. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, guys. Oh my god. Um, but yeah. So this episode was written by the same writing pair that wrote uh, I, Robot, You, Jane. I think they turned it around. They did. Now, it is story by uh, – Joss Whedon got yeah, a story, story credit. Yeah, I did see that. So, I did see that. So they get credit for not fucking it up, I yeah. feel like. Also, like, 
this wasn't trying to involve technology. And I think – Yes. True. Although, was that in this episode or the next one where Willow's like, I'm a nerd. I'm. It's the computer age. Nerds are I in. think that is this episode. Yeah, they're trying to bring that thing. Are they trying to like rectify that somehow? Like plant the seed of technology so that you like look back on iRobot Eugene with I don't know. It's funny though because she has no clue. Nerds are actually gonna be in Yeah. In the future. Hard. Hard. Like nerds actually are cool. Yeah. Cause what's wrong with liking something? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, we're doing a podcast to talk about a show that we've all seen before. Like, yeah. we obviously – we have, <laughs> we we have respect think, yeah. for having passion yeah. for things. Um, um, well, and Willow can do no wrong, at least so far. <laughs> I would say this season, she is a perfect record. Yeah, no, she's she's been doing really great. Um, when uh, Cordelia says, she's evil, okay, way eviler than me. <laughs> I was like – she understands. No, I think she does. She yeah. knows. But I think she expect she thinks everyone else should be tougher than they are. Yeah. And I, it reminds you of like if you ever hang out and we both do comedy and stuff. But like sometimes when you hang out with uh, like comedians or comedy people, whipping shit is like just a way of talking. Yeah. So you just like – so like sometimes people will be really mean. But it – they're not trying to hurt your feelings. Right. They just expect that you can take it. Yeah. And I mean I find myself doing that sometimes. Like if someone can't take a ribbing, mm-hmm. I'm just – I don't like it. <laughs> Did we talk about the word intimidating on this before? No. Okay. Because now we're going to find out why all my friends dumped me in senior year. <laughs> no, um, but I've gotten the label – like people have been like, oh, she thinks you're intimidating to me – about me. And it's Ugh. so weird because it makes me just want to smush them. Yeah. Like, because usually, usually the situation is like I hang out in a group of people, I meet a new person, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then later I find out like, oh, she says that you're kind of intimidating. And all that makes me want to do is be like, oh, then that person now can't I hang. Now I crush them. Now I, I want to crush. I'm not yeah. going to because that's not nice. Oh, see, But I, in my heart, I want to smush you like a bug because I treated you like you were could hang with me. Yeah. Like you could just ch- – like – when I say hang with me, I'm not that cool. Yeah. I don't have much expectation except that you're a human. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So if someone calls me intimidating, my first impulse is like I want to smush you. I, I am exactly – I am exactly the same way. Like if someone – like I can just tell if someone just can't take a a, a ribbing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is an example of one where – and this is so minor. But – oh, this is something about me, uh, audience – I remember like every conversation I have with people. So I'm not creepy. This is just a normal thing. I remember everything. Okay. So about like five years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> On at, June 12th yeah. at 9.05 p.m. Um, I was at like a group uh, outing mm-hmm. and we were all um, at this sushi place and we got like tempura vegetables. Okay. And um it came with like sliced sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. So they were like fairly large slices. And this one girl was like kept calling them carrots. And I just could not I it was so minor what I said. Like I was just yeah. like what kind of carrots are you eating? <laughs> because these are huge. Like I, and I didn't say it in that way. I was just like, "Whoa." Wait, had she eaten one when she said Yeah, this? she was like eating them and she's like, "Can someone pass the carrots?" And I was like, "A, size. B, flavor." Everything. See texture. I mean, everything. I, like I, they're orange. <laughs> I'm 
sorry. I'm going to be on your side. I know. But okay, so you say, what well, kind of carrots are you eating? Well, no, so, so I, I was like, bitch, what kind of fucking carrots are you eating in your garbage house? No, I was just like, have you ever even seen a carrot? Yeah. What? So I was just like, I was just like, whoa, what kind of carrots are you eating? And she was like, ha ha, okay, I'm stupid. I don't know what carrots look like. And I was like, whoa, 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 but now I must crush you. And so, like, I would, like, purposely rib her a lot because, like, I – and that's a provocative part of my personality that Mm -hmm. I'm trying to work on. But, yeah, if you show weakness in front of me, (laughs) I will – I will actively seek to crush you. Well, and it's so funny because I feel the opposite about if you show vulnerability. That's different. Yeah. But if you – That's a de- – I'm saying defensiveness. Yeah. If you're defensive, then I want to just obliterate your defenses. Yes. <laughs> and just be like, be a human. Yeah. Stop it. But if someone is vulnerable in front mm-hmm. of me, like I have no problem also then doing that as well. Right. And being like, this is a safe place. Like, But if you are just a fucking baby that doesn't know what a <laughs> carrot looks like. Yeah. And honestly, she was embarrassed. No, she so, was. So like rather than just be like, oh my god, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Which I don't think – because that's what – because yeah. that's what's going on in your head. You know it is. Her reaction is to like act like like that. Yeah. No, I know she was embarrassed. The thing that is though like I guess I'm just impatient because <laughs> for me, I if I had said – and I say stupid shit all the sure. time. You're human. Yes. And and when someone makes fun of me like that, I'm like, oh my god. I don't know what I was thinking. Or yeah. I would like heighten the joke or something. I would sure. do something. But I wouldn't actually be that embarrassed. But the fact that she was like mm-hmm. mad at me for yeah. saying that. And I know that was five, like five years ago. <laughs> you will never forget. <laughs> it was in downtown Los Angeles at Wakano. Oh, okay. There's one near my house. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. It's a nice fusion place. It was fine. It's all right. They have sweet potato tempura. I mean, that intrigues me. I'm a fan of the sweet potato. Well, it was like a mixed vegetable dish. Okay. So it was like – So I'd have to eat a bunch of other veggies to get to the Yeah. Potato. They have like cauliflower and like okay. other things in it too. Um, I rarely order this. If other people order tempura, I do, but it's not one of my go-tos. I'm usually a fish person at a sushi place. Yeah. Like I'll usually go fish as opposed to <laughs> – Yeah. No, I hear you. A fried vegetable. Yeah. I mean I get edamame. Oh, I like edamame. So I usually do edamame and then fish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if As there's garlic edamame, ooh, ooh, okay, this is Yum. we are off topic. <laughs> Come, tune in next week for Sushi Cast, but we're gonna get back sushi to Buffy. Cast. That's so cute. Um, so um, the FBI guys come. Yes, they take, take her, her away. away. And at first, you're not sure if she's gonna be going to some kind of like X Men school. Yeah, or... it kind of seemed like that. But instead, she's just with a bunch of other invisible people because this is an epidemic happening in American high schools. I guess so. And the FBI have decided to use these. And I've got to – here's the thing too. I wonder if it's – do the, you think they recruit every invisible person or just every invisible person who shows an interest in maiming people? Here's the thing. How are they going to know about an invisible person? <laughs> You're right. Without the maiming. Because they're invisible. And nobody even notices they're gone. See, this is one of the things where I have something dumb. <laughs> Kelly called me out, and I just think it's – I'm embarrassed, <laughs> but I'm not mad at her. She's not going to insult me for that. No, I'm not offended. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so in that classroom were all the aggressive invisible yes, people. aggressive invisible. So, but that is really sad to think of the invisible people who don't get recruited. They just play they flute just play alone. Flute. <laughs> 
and do insanity. <laughs> and do insanity. They're just really ripped and playing flute. That's why it took her five months. She did ninety days, <laughs> and, she did and then she did another sixty because she really wanted to be extra ripped. Shanti, <laughs> I do love Shanti. Um. Oh, but then so Cordelia thanks yeah. them. And yes. she's not evil, but she's still courty. She's still courty, and she still cares more about being popular than in being kind to Buffy and her friends. I did see, though, and this is, I think, I'll attribute to Charisma Carpenter's acting skills. Yes. There was, like, a bit of regret in her eyes mm-hmm. as she's turning away. Like, you can tell that she's, like – you understand why I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, because of our heart to heart earlier, this is why I'm doing this. Yep. And I think that she – that's a lot of – now that we've gotten through one season of arc for her, really, mm-hmm. I think we can see her reconcile those two parts of herself over the next several seasons. Yeah. Watching her deal with wanting to spend time with the Scoobies and being on their side against evil, but yeah. also having this uh, position at the school that she cares about. Yeah, and I mean, just like Buffy does, she wants mm-hmm. a normal life, and she can have one. Yep. And so. Oh, God. And we will get to Prophecy Girl because that's where the real waterworks start. Mm-hmm. But when Buffy is watching Cordelia try on her dress <gasps> and all the minions are around her and they're laughing and smiling. Oh, poor Buffy. I know. That was really sad. That's all she wants Ugh. is to have it girlfriends. Is. And Willow is amazing, but Willow – is not that kind of girlfriend for Buffy. No. And I think we see a pretty strong reminder that, like, Buffy left Cordelia's life, yep. basically, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So when they're, like, la- like you know, laughing about that nerdy deputy thing. Yeah. Um, and they're, like, joking around. And I think she's not only reminded that she's a newcomer here, but that she's left something that she's realizing she kind of misses. Absolutely. And and be, and she didn't leave it by choice because she really no. left it the minute she was called as a slayer. Yeah. The minute she found out that vampires are real. Yeah. Um, and the true depth of that, uh, the cost of that is kind of explored in the next episode. Yep. Prophecy Girl. Guys, this one makes me cry every time. I thought I was going to be stronger this time because I had a notebook out and a pencil, but it didn't make a difference. No, my, I cried I so was, many tears. I was weeping. <laughs> Um, so Buffy's getting better at slaying. Um, yes. She kills three. In one night. Yes. While Cordelia makes out in a car in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, that kind of means bad news, three in one night. Because yeah. there's more coming. More yes. vampires. Um, and I wrote, Giles reads a very scary prophecy. Yes. He's not happy. Because we, o- we open, for, and not to take a step even further back, we open with Xander practicing his speech his will you go out with me speech to yes. Buffy on Willow. Yes. And Willow's face in that scene, Ugh. she's got the face of an angel. She's has such a sweet, soft-eyed face. Like, yeah. all she wants is him to be really talking to her. Yes. But I'm glad that we see her grow through this episode. Mm-hmm. And also from the last time that he, like, I don't know, put her in a position to, like, pretend to be his date. Yeah. When he – this is jumping ahead. Yeah. But when he asks her to go in Buffy's stead mm-hmm. and she's just like, no. Well, and not even that. She says, you can't – you know why you shouldn't ask yeah. me. Yeah, and he knows. Mm-hmm. You know better is what she says. Yeah. 
And then she's just like, I'm sorry that that didn't work out for you. Because I, I think – and she actually grows quite a bit just in those couple of scenes because in mm-hmm. the scene right before, when Cordelia comes up to her and she's like, Willow, I love your outfit. She's like, no, you don't. <laughs> when she says the exact same thing to her on the, yeah. in the very first episode and Willow is like, oh, my mom picked it out for me. No, Willow has definitely grown a backbone in some ways in this season. And I think Buffy's been helped. Oh, absolutely. I think Buffy and also just the role of helping save the world and being a part of that, that's a huge thing for for Willow. Yeah, Because if you think of Willow's life before Buffy came to town, it's kind of like she's friendly with everyone, but she really has one friend. Yeah. I mean, I guess unless you count Jesse. And then you know they were secretly making out all the time. Oh, God. If you want to read that fanfic, uh, you go to archive of, archive of our own backslash Ryan, <laughs> Ryan. backslash Balfour Knights. <laughs> Balfour Knights. Oh yuck! <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, if we go back pre-pilot, all I can think about is Jesse. Um, <laughs> I also liked the earthquake. Of course, I did. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> um, I I loved the master. He's so good at He's his so job. Good. That actor is so yes, good. He's so good. Uh, but what do you at the end when he's like, what do you think? 5.1? Yeah. I knew great. it was coming. I've seen it a thousand yeah. times and still makes me happy. I love it every, every time. time. Every time. Every time. And this was uh an episode written and directed by Joss Whedon, and it shows. Yes. Um he gets them to be so I I hate using this word, but like raw and mm-hmm. um we'll see. Buffy's reaction to her yeah. to the prophecies. Well, and a lot of characters really get to show colors in this that they that they didn't otherwise. I mean, even Xander, and I know we've talked so much shit on Xander, but this episode pretty much redeemed his whole pining for Buffy. Yes, for me. I <laughs> agree. I forgot that he tried to rape her. That's how good yes, this scene was. Yes. Um, when he's so earnest and sweet with her. And yeah. He really is just hoping against hope that she's going to say what he wants to hear. And when and that she's going to feel what he feels. Yes. And and that's the thing too, where he like when he's like amping himself up to even like when he sits down with yeah. her and he's like, okay, okay. Like Nicholas Brendan does a great job there. Um I was my heart was breaking for him because I knew that Buffy didn't feel that no. way about him. And like that that was like willow hope that he had. Yeah. Like that was like pure unbridled hope. Oh my god! When she says no, and or he, she doesn't feel that, and he's like, "Try, try, I'll wait." When he's yeah, try, I'll wait. Oh my god! I okay. yeah, I was like, okay, you're not horrible. He's not horrible. He's a good dude, and mm. he really cares about her. I think it's just a good pairing of writing and acting, and yeah, it it turned me around, which yeah. I know I get turned around a lot. No, and <laughs> when we talk about these things, but Xander, I was so sad for you. And then even that scene with Willow, like I don't she's right to tell him no. Yeah. But I don't even blame him. He's he's reaching for something that is usually within reach and and makes him feel better. Cuz he does enjoy being with her and spending time with her. Yeah. And going I there. I will say like it was selfish for him to ask her. I still stand sure. by that. But in those moments, you are feeling selfish. Yep. Because you're like, I just need to feel better. Mm-hmm. And Willow hasn't said no before. No. Um, she doesn't. Or she she hasn't. Um, okay. Here's a one thing, though. 
And this happens. Some of my favorite characters do it. Toby in the West Wing. <laughs> Xander did it tonight or today. Um, do people really sit in empty rooms throwing a ball against the wall? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've never done it. I've, I've only done it since I've watched West Wing just to see what it's like. <laughs> How does it feel? Um, it feels okay. I mean, I also used to play lacrosse and it sometimes I was a goalie and we, like, it, when I would practice throwing, mm-hmm. I would throw against a wall and it is meditative. I've like played tennis against a wall. Okay. So it's but, similar, but it's not the same as sitting in a classroom. No. And like really angstily throwing yeah. a ball. I've never done that. Um, it seems like something people probably do in a writer's room, and so then it gets oh, put maybe. into TV shows is how yeah. it feels to me. Like it's like a meditative yeah. thing. Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> See, yeah. I, I actually like – Xander is asking B to dance. He's so good here. I felt yeah. for him there. I did, drew a little heart and a little sad face, and then I wrote uh, this whole scene. <laughs> so oh, cute. I, I so wanted sweet. to like backpedal a little yeah. bit. Um, so when Giles like knows the prophecy – like he reads mm-hmm. the prophecy – Anthony Stewart Head is so good there yeah. that like – and when he, he – um, Buffy walks into the library and he's obviously been there overnight and he's mm-hmm. all frazzled and he's kind of got like that like little stubble going on. And oh, Jesus. He was so sad. But he looked good being sad. <laughs> I'm just, but also um, – and then when she says like I have to go meet my fate yeah. and his face like falls – that was really heartbreaking. It was. But I liked that we got a scene like that before kind of our emotional catharsis oh, yeah. with her discovery, which we don't – I don't know if we're ready to get to that. No, not yet. It's a huge scene. But I liked that we had one scene where she could stay oblivious. Yes. Oh, also, um, one of the things that really brought me over with Xander mm-hmm. um, was that he – Admitted, I'm not good with rejection. Like that yeah. self-awareness, I didn't know he had. Yep. And I think he's also maturing. I think he's maturing and I think the writing of him is more sophisticated when Joss is writing him. Yes. Because I mean, he's not just like a pouty little boy. Yeah. He's a I fully think, formed person. And it – yeah. I liked that he acknowledged that he wasn't being fair to her. Yeah. And – And knew to walk away. And knew – Yeah. And yes, he's <laughs> jealous of Angel but I think he – what's really heartbreaking to him is not – that she's choosing someone else is that she doesn't want him. Yeah. Because he even says to her, it's either you feel it or you don't feel it. Yeah. And she doesn't. And she's like, and I don't. And he knows – he believes that when he says it. Yeah. And also, like, who wouldn't be jealous of Angel? Sure. Because, like, that guy's got it in the bag. Yeah. I mean, there's all that whole, like, he's a vampire. Yeah. She's a slayer. She's a slayer. <laughs> <laughs> he, he feels the torment of all the people he's killed and – yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. No. No, I just meant like jealous of him, his position with Buffy. Oh, yeah. No. He's Even if Buffy was half in love with Xander, she would still choose Angel because she's totally in she's love with Angel. head over heels in love with yeah. him. Yeah. Even if she did feel something for Xander, it wouldn't matter. Um, and then Xander goes to listen to country music on his bed. <laughs> he does. Um, also, also in the midst of all this, Jenny Callender comes back to town. Yeah, I she mean, does. she didn't leave town, but she shows back up on my screen, which yeah, is what I care does. about. Yeah. Um, and it's talking about disturbing things, and I wrote one down because it was so upsetting to me. The eyes? No. Wait, which one? A cat giving birth to a litter of snakes. Oh. <laughs> that cat opened its legs. Yeah. And a bunch of slimy snakes, snakes came, came out. out. I wonder what would happen. Because you know how you see those videos with, 
like animals adopting other animals? <laughs> do you yeah. think it would just adopt the snakes or do you think it would be scared? Because I feel like cats do not do not like snakes. I think that's true. But I think anything that you give birth to, you probably are into. Yeah. But I don't know if he would – if the cat would – he. I just called the cat a he. <laughs> <laughs> probably a girl. Uh-huh. Um, I wonder if little girl cat mm-hmm. would get to keep the snakes. Like or, with the owners of the cat? Yes. Because there's also the thing of like, are these demon snakes? Should you murder the snakes immediately? Yeah. Or is it just like an occurrence from demon demon origin, but the snakes are not evil? You it know, like, is it that? Who knows? Who knows? We there's never no hear about these snakes out. again. So I think pretty soon after this, right, we Buffy learns Buffy learns her fate. Yeah. She comes in to the library where Giles and Angel are arguing. And her whisper when she's like, Angel? Mm-hmm. That was so sweet. It was, especially since the gang kind of kept his involvement last week they away kept from it her. a secret. Which I don't – this is good – probably a good call. She yeah. would have angsted about it, so. um, And she gives one of the, like, best tearjerker speeches Seriously. in Buffy history. It's so good. Yes. She quit. She essentially quits. Yeah, when she says, do you think it will hurt? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. So good. And then when she screams at him, tell me my fortune. Oof. That was so heartbreaking. It is. Because of course she doesn't want to die. Of course she doesn't. But they all do. I mean, that's – Slayers don't die of old age. No. And I think this is the first time that we see the very human – consequences mm-hmm. of her responsibilities. Yeah. Like the other time she's like, I want a normal life. Blah, blah, you know, I want to yeah. date. I want to do this. I want to have whatever. But this is like, it's shit's real. Yep. And I don't want to see her die any more than she wants to, you know? Right. And Giles obviously would, would oh. walk through fire rather than let her get hurt. When she's like upset with him and you can tell that he's just like, I get it. Yep. But also like, my watcher training is telling me that I need to tell you to go after him. Right. But I want to protect you. Mm-hmm. Oh, their chemistry right there, not sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, but their chemistry right there is so good. Well, it's um, – the, their bond in that scene or their their moment is so strong that she, I think she kind of forgets Angel's even there. Oh, he's – I forgot. He was He was like – Yeah. He's there though. Like the her yeah. – you know, her soulmate or whatever. This guy that she's been obsessed with. Mm-hmm. This tragic love story. He's in the room and she could – she is so in the moment with Giles that it's – he might as well not have been there. Yeah. I mean and she looks up to him – up to Giles so much mm-hmm. and, and almost is like looking to him to change the prophecy. Right. Well, in the way that you – that's I feel like how you treat your father, right? Yeah. Like you want him to be there and protect you and help you. But Yeah. And Giles when they can. And when they don't – you take that as a betrayal. Yep. Um, which she definitely does. So then we have Willow discovering the AV guys. Oof. Poor oh, Willow. and this is one thing I wanted to say because we touched on it with the last episode talking about Cordy's boyfriend in this. But Cordelia has a boyfriend in this who makes her into a nice, happy person who is kind to people. <laughs> because, yeah. Because he, she likes him so much that she like doesn't care when he blows her off and she just thinks he's adorable and everything he does is cute and he feels the same way about her. Even if I didn't know, this is how I would know it's a Joss episode because they make Cordy, who has all season been kind of the foil, mm-hmm. into someone that we really want to root for and feel good about just so that she can walk in and have her boyfriend be murdered. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. They, he set us up so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because even when, yeah, because when she like turns to Willow and mm-hmm. she like sees her, she's not like being catty for the sake of anyone watching. She's just like, oh, hey, Willow. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I feel rectified in my love for Cordelia. No, and you should. It's just it's but painful yeah, that we see her the happiest we've ever seen her the moment before it all goes as wrong as it could. Yeah, it's like you should have known something was up. Yeah. Like, things I are mean, going too well. Right. For Cordelia, Cordelia is happy for a moment. Something horrible yeah, is about to happen. And, and that and it that does. happens. Um, the ha- bloody handprint on the pork on the TV. And that shot of like the piggies dancing yes. around. Is that like um uh What's the like mascot's name? I think it's Looney Tunes, like Bugs Bunny. No, I know, but oh, um, Porky Pig. No, <laughs> the, the mascot mas- of their school. Oh, <laughs> like what Is are that you like asking? Like a callback to that little piggy? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there's two piggies on the screen. One is Porky. I mean, the fact they chose a pi- shows shows a dancing pig, and their mascot is the Razorbacks. Maybe I don't know. No, I think that's valid. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I have no idea. I mean, because they could have picked anything. They could have. They could have picked bugs. That would have been weirder. <laughs> bugs funny. Oh. Wow. I just get so grossed out by picturing lots, dancing bugs. Lots of miscommunication on this episode. We're having trouble. Um, <laughs> show <laughs> That would be gross. That would be really gross. No, that would be horrifying. I understand you're just disgust. <laughs> but, you know, Bugs Bunny, not as yeah, gross. Bugs Bunny. That's why um, I was like, wow, interesting reaction to Bugs yeah. Bunny. Uh, but Willow is traumatized. Poor Willow. Yeah. And Buffy goes to see her. And Willow gives another uh, speech designed to make you cry. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Mm-hmm. And over all of this, we know Buffy doesn't. I mean, sorry, Willow doesn't know, but we know that Buffy is planning to walk into her death that evening, and this is probably the last time they'll see each other. Well, so before that, Buffy was still kind of like, I quit, right? She's all pissy. Yeah. But then after her interaction with her mother Mm -hmm. and then seeing the beginning, like the tip of the iceberg of what the world will be like for her friends, like for people she loves and holds dear, were she to give up? Like, just seeing this, which is nothing compared to yeah. we know, like, in the future how bad things can truly be, seeing how much it wrecks Willow, mm-hmm. I think that propels Buffy to be like, you know what? I, so you I, think she put on that dress and walked over to Willow's house not knowing what she was going to do? I think she was, like, leaning towards, like, okay, you know what? I should probably, like, go get the, the master. <laughs> <laughs> should I should him. probably go, you know, go fulfill the get prophecy. Get him. Um, and then I think this, like, was the last nail in the coffin yeah. where she was like, I can't leave these people defenseless to what's going right. to happen. Um, we also get a scene with Buffy and her mom and another scene where Joyce doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> thinks it's <laughs> about Joyce a boy. About the prom. She thinks it's boy problems. Um, and it's master problems. The master is a man. Oh, no. Are we going to get another uh, <laughs> sexual fantasy about the master? I just – You just like him. I just like him. You like how he moves. And I like his attitude. He, I thought he was funny in this one too. Yeah, he's funny. 
He's evil. Yeah, he's trying he's, to kill he's our evil, hero. Evil, gross. I'm trying to kill our hero. He murders Buffy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he says he makes I, good jokes. Okay, I liked him less. Like, uh, <laughs> like not in the. I still think he's a great villain. Yeah, but I liked him less in the way that I liked him last week. Okay, I believe it. I don't. I don't doubt you. Giles and Buffy have like the cutest argument mm-hmm. when Buffy's like. You know, she walks in and he's like, I'm going to go get the master. Yeah. Which, no, you're going to die. Giles. But I think he would rather die before Duff Buffy dies. No, yeah. He would rather die before. Live, yeah. Of course. Of course. It's like the Winnie the Pooh, Christopher Robin situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> um, have you seen that um, comic? Someone I saw it on Tumblr. Someone posted this comic that was like, you know, so you know that line that's yeah. like, I wish that I would, I would die the day before you do. Yeah. And then Christopher Robin's like, oh, I feel the same. Mm-hmm. And then like, but then someone like extended it, and then Winnie the Pooh's like, so the pact is sealed. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's like we die together. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Giles would be into that. Um, <laughs> suicide pact with Buffy. <laughs> um, but we have Buffy's last words to Willow are, "Take care." Yeah, that, that was also so made me cry. Awful. Yeah, when she <laughs> guys, she said, I'm just a puddle. This whole no, episode. she's so, and the way she says it is so tired. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, so Giles is like, I'm gonna go. Yeah, and Buffy's like, uh, no, you're not. So she bonks him in the head. Yep. But actually, it's uh, he's like when they're arguing, he's like, no, I'm older and wiser. <laughs> like, he gets so frustrated. He does, but he's powerless to her punch. He is, and she heads down there in her prom dress and her leather jacket and a crossbow. Yep. Ready to face the master. I actually really liked when the scenes with Xander and Angel together. Mm-hmm. I thought they were really funny. And also like they were both – like they both – when Xander says um, – or when Angel's like, you love her. And he's like, don't yeah. you? Like right. it's as if it's like a given. Like anyone that knows Buffy loves She's Buffy. She's the best. Which is true. And yeah. like everyone loves Buffy. Some people don't. Well, I think even <laughs> – I think even Cordelia loves – like Cordelia – has respect for her. I don't think you can fight alongside her and not admire her. Yes. Definitely post um, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Cordelia has tremendous respect for Buffy, I think. Um, I really – yeah. And I liked that Xander kind of laid it out to Angel. Like at the end of the day, you're a vampire. Yeah. You know? And I think that that is a, is va- is a valid perspective on Angel. Yeah. I think Xander can be problematic when it comes to Angel at times. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times he has concerns that everyone else should have yep. about Angel. Um, and I liked when they were like in the sewer, wherever they were together, mm-hmm. to go down to get the yeah. master. And Xander's like, you're looking at my neck. <laughs> that was so cute. Yeah, and Angel's like, I'm not looking at your neck. Like, it made I me want that. more episodes where they just hang out. I wanted <laughs> – I wanted like a buddy cop thing where like they oh, were totally. forced to be mm-hmm. partners. I, I would it. love that. I love it. I'm on board. I mean, we know how much of that we get. So, but in this moment, that's what I want. Yes. I want them to be fo- enforced is the important Yeah, important it, They have to be forced. The f- they all go patrolling and Buffy's like, "Okay, I will take Willow, Xander, you and uh, Angel yeah. and Tara." Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Um, but while they're in the sewers and Buffy's facing the master, Jenny Calendar and Willow go to try to go to the bronze cuz mm-hmm. they think that's where all the vampires are coming. Yeah. And then they're wrong. Yes. <laughs> the vampires are all on their way to Sunnydale High School because that's where the Hellmouth is. Yeah. Right I, under the library. I had kind of forgotten that they didn't know that. It, you know, it was always something that I knew 
you know, you watch the series enough yeah. and you're like, yes, the Hellmouth is right under the library. So it's like – I was like, oh, fuck. They don't Yeah, they don't know that yet. Um, it was an interesting like Night of the Living Dead homage when yes. all of the vampires appear, especially because zombies move slow. Vampires don't have I to I don't know why slow. they were sauntering. <laughs> I don't know why they were walking so slowly. They were sauntering. I don't I know I think why. they were like, oh, this is like Night of the Living Dead. Let's really yeah. uh, play this up. I think they all like – felt each other's energy and they were like, oh, we're doing a slow thing. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, um, but luckily, Cordy pulls up. Yes, and they car. all hop in. Mm-hmm. When they're all in the car and screaming, I was like, I could watch a show about this. Yep. Like, of those three girls, because yeah. we've got, like, the mom character, Jenny Calendar. Absolutely. It's, I would have loved seeing their – I love that they drive through the school because that's exactly the kind of thing I would have wanted to do in high school. Cordy for you. Yeah. Just, just barrel through. It. Yep. Someone else will deal with, with the consequences. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was amazing. I do feel like – so Buffy has fi- gone to face the master. Yeah. And he has pulled her into his thrall and revealed the twist at the center of the prophecy, which is it's not just that the master is going to kill Buffy. It's that the master can't rise. Buffy is the key to letting him rise. Yeah. So if she hadn't gone down there, he would be stuck there. Yeah. That's true. And I, is that true of all prophecies where it's like – All Whedon prophecies. Yeah. There's like a, a chicken egg situation. It feels very O. Henry. It feels yeah. uh, ironic. Yeah. But it's too late now. Too late. She's, she's there. Dead in a, she's dead in a puddle. Yeah. I actually wrote <laughs> – he sucks her blood and drops her into a puddle. Yep. Which is funny because like he could have just sucked all her blood. He could have broken her neck. He like, was riding too high. He, he needed was. to get to the surface. And I think – and this I think I read somewhere because I've read all the Buff- Buffypedia articles mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. Uh, these two episodes. Because it is kind of weird that he leaves her not dead, not yeah. really dead. Yeah. He leaves her to die in the puddle. But I guess when he was put underground, CPR didn't exist. So he didn't know. He didn't know that all he had to do was press her chest a couple times yeah. and blow and into get her the mouth. Water out. And she would go, <gasps> and yeah. then cough. Yeah, Which no. I don't really know you how should, she gasped no. while there was water in her lungs. I think you like kind of barf out the water. You would think you would do that like first. Exhale it. But I guess maybe when you're a slayer. Also, maybe when you do CPR, you don't push on the person's throat. Xander was like <laughs> pushing on her collarbone. I was like, lower, Xander. <laughs> you didn't want to push on Sarah Michelle Geller's boobs, I, I think, guess. I think that was maybe a note. They're like, you can't be pushing on her boobs. Don't be pushing on her boobs, bud. So they were like – his f- finger was like in that little spot that goes in. Yeah. And it's TV CPR. TV CPR never makes sense. No. Plus she's a slayer, so who knows. But like if it was really that there was water – like you put a, you put a person in the rescue position. What like is you, rescue? It's on the uh, side? On your side with yeah. one arm up. Yeah. If she just needed to cough out water. Yeah. That's she's different not gonna, than her heart stops. Yeah. She's not going to cough out water. That was another thing too where – so he feels her pulse and mm-hmm. he's like – well, first – okay. Angel runs up, listens for her breathing, right. no breathing, mm-hmm. normal. You just drowned. And then he feels for her heart and he's like, it's not beating. Yeah. If your heart is not beating, like – but you know what? Never mind. She's a slayer. Yeah. I think yeah. all – I think the reason that she survives is mainly that she's a slayer. Yeah. Because she's she, super strong and She's super strong. And, and there's also this layer. There is – even though there's not necessarily a, a monotheistic god in this world, there is there are things that just happen because – Somebody somewhere decides it should happen. The powers that be. Yeah, the powers that be, which mm-hmm. have not been name checked on the show yet. No, but 
there are times where like you kind of just have to wave your hands. Like if it was Xander that survived, you'd be like, okay, that can't be possible. But yeah. if Buffy lives through something traumatic or comes back to life, it's possible just like the powers that be just decided. Yeah. Because there is this other element yeah. to things. Um, I did like that it was Xander that saved her. I did too. And it's inter- and it shows too, like, or it portends mm-hmm. the future. I or what Angel can provide to her and what he can't, because mm-hmm. he's here. It's very drastically shown that he's not human. He's like yes. I can't have no breath. And like Xander, while you know maybe not be a romantic interest for Buffy, but he is a human person that um, mm-hmm. shares that with Buffy. Yes. And whether or not Buffy knows it now, like while she shares the whole like supernatural type being thing mm-hmm. with Angel, like she does share being human with Xander. Absolutely. It's also – I think it's an interesting place in the show because Xander has declared himself mm-hmm. to her and Angel has been avoiding her. Yeah. Because he knows that them being together is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't do it. They can't do it. And so it is like this – it's kind of a pure love triangle in that way. Yeah. Because the person that she should want is the human. Mm-hmm. The person she does want is the vampire. And the one that wants to be with her isn't the one that she wants to be with. Right. Yeah. And and also I think it – like Xander still like, you know, obviously cares so much for Buffy. Oh, of course. Even after she rejected him. and But he- she only rejects his romantic – interest in her. I don't oh, think absolutely. she... No, she yeah. loves him as a friend. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in her face when she has to tell him, like, I don't feel this way about right. you. Um, but I, you know, instantly he is ready to give her CPR on the throat. Yeah. So I think... <laughs> that was, he's ready to give her throat CPR. Throat CPR. And when she comes back, she's got a little bit of attitude. She's different. She feels different. She is different. She it kind of reminded me of like third act Sandy from Greece. Like oh, she yeah. comes back like... She's kind of bad. Love. She's like, tell me about it, stud. Yeah. yeah. Like she's into it. Yeah. And she... Um, you know, walks with purpose to mm-hmm. the theme song. Somehow her hair has gone from being up in a French knot to being down and all wet and yeah. floppy. And yeah. she's like, let's do this. Yeah, she's ready. Um, I did like that because we have her the theme song played while she's walking to confront the master. And then later at the end of the episode, there's a piano version of the theme song. Yeah. That's played. That really that's nice. A nice touch. Everyone likes Buffy's dress. Yes. I did – everyone – I mean, it's a great dress. Mm-hmm. She looks beautiful. She looks great. And I love – I mean, personally, I love the styling with the leather jacket, but – Yeah, I do too, actually. Um, no, she looks lovely. And it, it's, it kind of represents who she is. I mean, it does very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that monster that comes out of the hell mouth <laughs> is so grody. Yeah, it's <laughs> so gross. Pretty nasty. So nasty. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to touch it. No. It's gross. It looks, it's so wet looking. Wet and like kind of phallic. Yeah. And just like with and teeth. Flailing teeth. Flailing teeth. Like <laughs> two thumbs down. Two thumbs down on that <laughs> Will monster. not fight. Um, yeah, 100% would not fight. <laughs> um, and when um, Buffy disses the master. Yeah, she does. She says he has fruit punch mouth. True. True. Fine. I will concede <laughs> that. He has a nasty mouth. Well, I also like that she fakes being in his thrall. Just I to, liked that. I, I loved it. And I think so, – so was it that like when he bit her, he like – I mean they shared some kind of 
exchange of power a little bit. I think that's what it is. I think she's imbued with something. With something from him. From him. But also she's reborn in this fresh way. Yes. And so this is the first time she was ever born a slayer. That's true. But yeah, she definitely has a swagger that we've never seen with her before. And honestly, I don't think we – it kind of makes me sad because we never see the girl she was at the beginning of the episode again. The so carefree. Yeah. So, I don't know, funky fresh. Fresh and like naive in a way. Yeah. She This is the beginning of like the – transformation of Buffy that occurs over the series. Sure. I feel like the whole first season was building to this. And honestly, for Willow, too. I think Willow gets darker as the series goes on. And it was this episode that started that. Because she was confronted with death in such an aggressive way. Yes, totally. Yeah. I love Master the Master's death. I love the way she throws him down. I like that he falls to land on a stake. That's perfect. Yeah, and he has bones, unlike <laughs> other vampires. Bones. I wonder if that's important. I don't know. They're also like very clean bones. Very clean, very white clean bones. <laughs> they look they are, like they've been bleached and soaked. Yeah, they're uh, lily white. They're perfectly white bones. <laughs> perfectly uh, white bones. <laughs> um, and then they all decide to go to prom. Yeah. Which is cute. That is cute. And when Giles says to Buffy, uh, she, you know, she tells him, you know, I died. Mm -hmm. And he says, I should have known that wouldn't have stopped you. And he's so proud and so relieved that she's alive. And so, I don't know, I feel like his cup runneth over. Yeah. I think he's, I think they're all having a good night at that point. They're all going to. Gonna be a good, good night. <laughs> what if we just sang for like the next three minutes and that was how this show ended? I'd have to cut it to 30 seconds for royalty purposes. <laughs> Not the way I would sing it. <laughs> It'd be like transformative years. <laughs> it's parody. <laughs> I would drop like Xander's name. Xander, um, Xander, Xander. <laughs> I got a Xander. Um, Willow. <laughs> upbeat ending for an episode that is so angsty. Yeah. Everything really does seem to have worked out. Mm. Right? I mean, yes. it ends. It's yes. like a happy ending to the I think, season. Yeah. I mean, the annoying one is still out there. But at this point, it seems like his only uh, threat to Buffy was – and I loved how she diffused it. Because the annoying one is is kind of representative of a failure of hers. Um, it wasn't a knowing failure. She couldn't – she didn't know that she killed the wrong – no, Why? she didn't. Um, but I love that she – he never tricks her. No. He never gets one over on her. Like as soon as she sees him – I mean she's been warned, but as soon as she sees him, she's, she's like, like, oh, this kid. She goes, okay, I know who you are. Whatever. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Like I really appreciated that, that he doesn't get a moment to to win over her. No, I, I appreciated that as well. Um, do we have any final thoughts? <sighs> well, should we talk about like the season as a whole? Yeah, sure. I mean, because I think that this season really – it really sets a tone for what the show is. But Prophecy Girl, I think, is the beginning – for me, it was like the real beginning of the show. Yes. Because a lot of the stuff earlier in the season is kind of warm up. Yeah, and it's kind of like feeling out like who are these characters? What's the structure of the show? Like, mm-hmm. um, okay, like 
are we going to mix like monster of the week with mythology episodes? Mm -hmm. Are we going to do, are there going to be like one and done or like silly episodes? Right. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we do kind of get a sense of what this show is definitely with prophecy girl, which is it, at times it can be very heartbreaking. Um, and the characters do go through very real struggles and the stakes are life or death. Mm -hmm. And that's, the main character dies. I mean, she dies yeah. for a second, but she dies. Mm -hmm. um, watching these last two episodes made me very excited to continue on to season two. Yes. I think that I – because in this rewatch, I haven't been as like – I haven't cried as much as I usually do when I watch Buffy or I haven't like felt as angsty about it. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I started watching Prophecy Girl, I was like, oh, no, because that's when this stuff starts. Yeah. Like this uh, – Prophecy Girl is when shit gets real and shit doesn't stop being real – until the finale. And that is only because it's the last episode of the show. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's – like, Buffy never stands there in a cheerleader outfit again and it's like, what do you think, Giles? Like, that's gone. That yeah. girl is gone. There is, like um, – not to spoil anything, mm -hmm. but, like, there is a point, like, later in the series as a whole that I – you know, when things are just so heavy, mm -hmm. I do look back and I'm like, I really miss – that Buffy. Like I sure. miss like when it was just those Scoobies because mm -hmm. spoiler alert, there will be other Scoobies. Mm -hmm. um, just like the simplicity of it, you know, or yeah. it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like life where you're like, oh, look back on those like simpler times. Sure. Um, but I also look forward to the future of the series as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm 100% excited. I'm over the moon. Oh, well. <laughs> I had to one-up you. I'm sorry. I know. It was a little – all right, fine. You're more excited than I, I know. am. We're equally excited. I oh. did have a moment, though, where I don't know the last time that I watched Prophecy Girl and then didn't immediately watch the premiere no, of the next season. I really had to fight the urge. Because <laughs> I, I just wanted I to binge watch. Do. Yes, I know. Like, I know. I, there's certain episodes, like – I mean, obviously two-parters. But I, for me, every time I watch Prophecy Girl, I always watch the next episode because it – it can, the story continues, and I want I want the rest. Yeah, but Ugh. we'll have to we'll have to wait till next week. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, thanks so much for tuning in, you guys, uh, for our first uh, for the first season of uh, Buffy. We look forward to continuing this with you. Um, just uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks <laughs> I, for listening. I, I seriously thought no one would listen to this. <laughs> um, and if you're not listening, that's okay. If you're not listening, then you're not hearing this and you're you're probably invisible playing a flute. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Hey, guess what? If you're not listening, have a good summer. <laughs> yeah, have a good summer. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. We'll check in with you guys next week um, when we watch When She Was Bad and Some Assembly Required. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks so, so much for listening. Um... Check out our new website at www.hellmouthy.com. You can contact us through uh, the contact link on that website. And also follow us on Twitter at Hellmouthy. Um, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. So use our website to stay up to date. We've got some merch coming up. We've got some sweeps. Um, we just really want to, I don't know, keep everyone in the loop with what we've got going on. As always, a very special thanks to Denise Nugent for her fantastic work on our album art. Um, and our theme music is Medusa's on the Loose by The Crips. So far, it's been a fantastic adventure. I know Ryan and I have enjoyed it so far, and we can't wait to 
embark on the rest of this journey with you. Thanks so much. Check in with you next week.